0: Hi, I'm Jamie and welcome to the Ignisor Podcast. Today I'm joined by Grant Stanley, co-founder and CEO of CanWorkSmart. CanWorkSmart is an analytical service that uses contemporary analysis to sift through piles and piles of nonsensical data, finding patterns and solutions to otherwise chaotic problems. Today we're going to be chatting about what CanWorkSmart is and how it can help your business, attracting those first customers and common problems and solutions. Um, so to get things started, Grant, do you mind telling everyone a little bit about CanWorks, Matt, and the initial idea behind it?
1: Yeah. Um, it, uh, it came out of, out of business school. I was um, working uh, running a landscaping company at the time, and I'd been using predictive analytics, very light predictive analytics, to figure out who was most likely to, to buy uh, this landscaping service and how much they were willing to pay for it. Um, and I didn't think anything of it, I just thought, oh yeah, gather data, find the patterns and then use that to uh, to close more sales, especially uh, my big focus was high-end sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, then I was sitting in a econometrics class, that is the application of math to understanding how humans make decisions. And I went, oh my goodness, this is what I've been doing in my landscaping company, mm-hmm. and Uh, I guess it's pretty advanced. And so that's when I decided to um, look for a co-founder to start Contemporary Analysis. I found Tad Wood. Uh, He's CAN's chief data scientist. Um, And the rest rest has been history. We've worked on everything from um, figuring out where graffiti artists live, work, and go to school based on predictive analytics (laughs) to, yeah. to figuring out who's most likely to attend uh, what university right out of high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's pretty neat. Uh, I mean, I would say that that on the surface can works, but it seems it seems kind of like um, seems kind of like your your data mining. It seems like a kind of kind of data mining service. Um, I'm actually interested to know about about how it works and the benefits it can give um, businesses. So, can you give some example problems and how you can overcome them?
1: Yeah. Um, are, you, are you familiar at all with uh, Obamacare?
0: I am, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So, there was um, legislation, uh, a new law in 2008, or no, 2010, um, that basically said the United States was going to, to adopt a new form of insurance uh, and... Uh, everyone was going to buy this government-backed insurance on this government exchange, mm-hmm. and that certain insurance, private insurance providers, were no longer going to be able to offer the the packages, uh, specifically a lot of the low-cost packages that they they had previously provided, mm-hmm. and that everybody who didn't have insurance had to get insurance. Um, so there were a lot of a, a lot of shift in the market in. Um, people who who had never had insurance before or who currently didn't, and then people who had these low-cost plans who were going to have to uh, switch. Mm -hmm. And the other piece of it is uh, the law allowed more companies to enter the insurance market. And so what we did is we worked with Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, which is a very, very large uh, U.S. uh, insurance provider, to figure out and identify individuals who are most likely to come into play um, who who will be one of those people looking for either new insurance company or insurance for the first time figure out who they are and figure and rank them by profitability so that they could send marketing directly to the people who are who are in flux but who are also likely to be fairly profitable um, and give them phone calls uh, we've done similar things with um, with in politics as well of mapping out every single person in, in a state um, and what economic pressures they're facing, what social pressures they're facing, and then using that to determine how likely how they're likely to vote for a uh, a candidate, um, and then identify people who are persuadable, um, because not everybody is already set day one. So who, if I called them, what issues do I talk to them about, and how likely are they to, to switch their their views, or or could I and can I win them for my candidate?
0: Right. Well, that's that's pretty neat. I mean, so so you actually you dive for all this data then to to present businesses with with these neat results. Like you just said for, for yeah. Blue Cross, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean to to move on. So I mean when when we start when you start a business, I, I would say I mean because I know I know you've been around since I think it's two thousand and eight. Yep. Um, two thousand eight. So, um, starting a business, the the biggest milestone I would say is probably getting your your first batch of customers. Um, yeah. So, I'm I'm actually curious to know how you attracted those those first users and and how they helped define your service because I think that that to me is the first big wall that many companies come across and I was just curious of of, um, of your take on it.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a very big challenge because when we when we started contemporary analysis in 2008 we were 20 um, and still still actually in school um, but predictive analytics back then was called econometrics and it was primarily used by very very large companies um, and so what I did is I went out and I, I, I told stories and I told stories very very often I, um, I had built a model to predict um, basically the likelihood of me getting a date. Um, <laughs> okay, they, 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 yeah, they say <laughs> that Facebook was created to get Mark Zuckerberg a girlfriend. I don't think that is true. Um, but, I, uh, I've
0: never heard that before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the rumor. But in, in the case of uh, contemporary analysis, the first application of, of predictive analytics was to try to find me a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back when uh, people shared a lot more on Facebook. And so I mined Facebook and used that to, to determine that. November 9th was the optimal day for me to meet, meet a girlfriend. <laughs> uh,
0: okay.
1: And so what I did is I went around and I, I told this story. And it was one of those stories that it's kind of ridiculous, yeah. but it sticks with everybody and then they tell it. it so it has a network effect mm-hmm. that if, if I tell somebody the story, it's really, really likely yeah. that they're going to tell someone else. And so that's what I did. I I went around and I I joined uh, Business Networking International, which is a great group. Uh, BNI is a great group for people who've never networked before. I got involved with my local chamber. Um, I started blogging. And uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, some Fortune 500 companies, uh, people started to share this and uh, I remember one guy, uh, we got called into a large uh, Fortune 500 telecommunications company and he said, I found this article, I want you to do this for me. And it was predicting, uh, what it ended up being was we predicted uh, uh, the server failure and server hut failure for a telecommunications company that has a lot of servers in western, uh, the western part of the United States which is very sparsely populated. Um, and so, to get to a, a server hut is a, a day or a day and a half drive, um, sometimes. And so, we using data science to monitor those and and predict and do the logistics of which server hut should you invest in traveling to first. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, you you essentially told stories. Then you told compelling you told compelling stories to, to real people. In that that was like the that was like. Yeah. The thing. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's what a lot of um, companies do, really. now. they they try to tell uh, a compelling story just to to hook people in and and, um, and invest in, in in the company. Because there's, there's a few companies out there that do that quite well, and they tell a story um, which 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 works obviously for them. Um, yeah. Well, and, and
1: unfortunately, that story no longer works. So I I now have to tell new stories. Ah, okay.
0: So it did work out in the end then, did it? Yeah, it did.
1: It ah, did. cool, cool.
0: You should put that on, on your on your website. That, that would make it quite, um, like, on on your homepage.
1: That would be quite a cool thing. Um, yeah, I just don't want it to come back to me someday and, and, you know, get, oh. bite me in the butt. Ah, or, uh, you know, yeah. Presidential, my political career could be at stake. Uh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so I, I actually,
0: I imagine like most businesses, you you, know, you have a user base. Um, not just located in in one area, um, but scattered yeah. all around the globe. Um, so, which which can be a real pain at times when in terms of um, web performance, uh, especially for those yeah. users halfway around the world. Would you say a site's speed plays a crucial role for those new users?
1: It it does. Um, it really does, specifically for for our non technical uh, technical users. Um, we one time, um, well, yeah, business people just expect the internet to be to be fairly easy, yeah. um, and uh, and that the logistics. We've got a full time uh, DevOps team that manages manages our our uh, site speed.
0: So, so that they, they optimize your site then and make sure it runs smoothly, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, I was I was. Um, I was reading an article before and I actually stumbled ac- across an interesting um, fact. Um, I read recently that I think it's over 70% of small businesses uh, owned and operated by a single person, um, which can come with its challenges. I, I know that you've actually co-founded Smart with uh, Ted Wood, you mentioned. Yep. Um, but I imagine you still had um, similar hurdles. Can you tell us about some of those common problems you faced when you first started out
1: yeah um, so i I had run my my landscaping company uh, it really informed my decision to start can with a with a partner um, I had ran my landscaping company for for ten years before by myself and i was i didn't have any no, none of my employees understood the business like I did there had wasn't somebody who'd been there from the beginning um, like yeah you know there there's nice things when you have a partner in that if if you get sick like they can take over but I think that um, kind of that that uh, historical knowledge is really really valuable that there's there's somebody there who remembers the days uh, you know moving basements every month to try to, to keep the company going Um like that emotional support's really big. Uh, and so when I started, when I started Contemporary Analysis, I decided really early on to go and find, uh, go and find a partner that had, um, uh, you know, a desire to build a business that had some of the skills that I didn't have, um, had a, kind of shared a personality that I didn't have, um, Yeah, so, so it's also and that's, someone
0: who could, who could see from a different angle,
1: um... Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um... And I think part of it is like there's a lot of people who start companies like small businesses because they had a corporate gig, and they uh, they want to be their own boss. But I I I started it. I've never actually had a corporate gig, and so when I started a company, um, I I actually want a lot of input and um, a lot of different ideas because the business of, of predictive analytics is so large that it's it's hard to under it's. It's, it's really hard to have it all in one person's head um, and so I, I I sought out a partner and I think one of the biggest mistakes I've had is I've had other people offer to um, to support the company we've had a couple companies that uh, of our clients that have offered to buy into contemporary analysis and um, I turned them down because didn't wanna, I didn't want to I kind of believed the, the web 2.0 advice of like you know keep it keep it lean keep it You know, make sure that you stay in control of your decisions. Yeah, so you Um,
0: you wanted to get rid of some of that um, that bureaucratic um, level, really.
1: But I think that some of the bureaucratic level would have actually helped helped contemporary analysis grow faster. Uh, We would have more connections. I mean, business is about relationships with people. Like, your business can't exist if other people don't buy into it, don't work at it, don't buy their product. Um, Mm. And so involving more people with... uh, broader perspective is is not a bad thing it might be painful and hard mm-hmm. but I don't consider it to be a bad thing
0: yeah I imagine um, I mean with when you've got um, big businesses buying into into your company um, I would say that you have all those connections in place but when you've got a smaller company and you want to keep it lean um, you yeah. you I mean you have to invest a lot of your time into it and not just you your co-founder and, and the rest of your team as well um, so,
1: and that, and that was one thing about Tad as a as a co founder. He worked um, every day. I mean, he worked just as hard as I did. Um, like if if I left the office at eleven, he was he would leave it at eleven fifteen, and the next day I'd try to best him and leave it at eleven thirty and. Tad's Tad's a, uh, a Spartan tank, and so he'd leave at like eleven forty-five, and I'm just like, oh, I can't beat this guy. Um, so, so it was kind of a competition to see who could work harder.
0: Yeah. So so was it? Did it not end up where one of you was like was, was staying until three a.m. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah. actually. Uh, there, yeah. That. in Some of the early days, I would, uh, I would like, yeah, work. I would work until I saw the sun. Yeah. Uh. That was that was not good. Sleep is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to, to actually to finally wrap things up, do you have any projects or new features that you're excited to be working on at the moment?
1: Yeah, we've, uh, We're getting ready, um, kind of in the next year, to, to um, launch a, an automated service. So right now, um, we still have to have data scientists go through and um, evaluate, evaluate the problem. Um, so we have a product that, that facilitates the interaction. But um, we're working on a, a system that will automate the data science piece um, and then allow the customer to do the validation because right now um, it cranks out a really complicated math problem that then we have to sit there and go, okay, is this actually representing reality? And we're working on getting it so that the customer can, can sit there and evaluate whether or not this is representing reality. And our Mm-hmm. Our goal for this is to get a broader adoption of predictive analytics. It really has been just the thing of really large businesses. Um, and, and so my, my hope is that we can move it towards um, smaller smaller companies and that they can, they can get that same level of performance that, that the Fortune 500 companies are.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so that's, it's been great talking to you, Grant. Um, and best of luck with the future
1: best of luck to you
0: thank you